Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. For the Bible says, be angry and sin not. How do you do that? Be under the control of the Spirit. Anger isn't an emotion. We ought to be angry at the wrong things. We ought to be angry at prejudice. We ought to be angry at injustice. We ought to be angry at the things that grieve the heart of God. Meek people don't sit by passively watching the world pass them by. We're not a doormat. But meek people are willing to be angry about what angers the heart of God. As Pastor Ed continues to study the Beatitudes in today's message, he makes a great statement. Being meek doesn't mean we are to just be a doormat. There are injustices in the world, things that sadden and anger God. Satan will always do his best to wreak havoc on innocent people. These terrible things should have an effect on us. We should be angry. We're never told to sit by and let evil win. And while we may not be able to eradicate it completely, we can use our biggest weapon available, prayer. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 5, for his continuing study entitled, The Meek. A meek person is bold. A meek person is guided by God. But with Jesus, you notice that Jesus was angry at the right time with the right amount of anger In the right way, oftentimes, we're angry for the wrong thing. Someone irritates us. Someone blocks our goals. Someone interferes with what we want to do. And suddenly, we become irritated and angry. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. A meek person is going to be guided by God even in their emotions. They're under the control of God. And they will display anger in the right way. For the Bible says, be angry and sin not. How do you do that? Be under the control of the Spirit. Anger isn't an emotion. We ought to be angry at the wrong things. We ought to be angry at prejudice. We ought to be angry at injustice. We ought to be angry at the things that grieve the heart of God. Meek people don't sit by passively watching the world pass them by. We're not a doormat. But meek people are willing to be angry about what angers the heart of God. Jesus was angry at what was wrong. Are we being shaped by the hand of the master? A meek person who is governed and guided by God, his life is being then molded by God. Now, meekness reflects in our relationship to God in that we submit to Him, but it is also reflected in our relationship with others. A meek individual, someone who has recognized their poverty of spirit, someone who has mourned over their sins, they've come to know their heart, is going to relate to others in a proper way. Meekness is essentially a true view of oneself, expressing itself in an attitude of conduct with respect to others. I'll read that again. Meekness is essentially a true view of oneself, expressing itself in an attitude of conduct with respect to others. First, your attitude towards yourself. If you're meek, you're not going to be proud because you know what's in your heart. You know that you're a sinner. And you know if the half were told, you'd have no friends. 
Because you know your own heart. You see the poverty of spirit. You've wept over your own sinful condition. And so a meek individual is someone who has the right view of themselves. Some people are so filled with self that all they think about is, what does she think about me? What does he think about me? What are they saying? Meekness will deliver you from the opinions of men. Because the worst they say about you, you know, there can be worse said about you because you know your own heart. (laughs) You know, if they know the half of it. Because you've seen into the depths of your own heart. So a meek person is not trying to defend themselves. I'd like to read to you a quote. A meek man is not proud of himself. He does not in any sense glory in himself. He feels that there is nothing in himself of which he cannot boast. And Dr. Lloyd-Jones says, Meekness is essentially a true view of oneself, expressing itself in attitude and conduct with respect to others. The man who is truly meek is the one who is truly amazed that God and man can think of him as well as they do and treat him as well as they do. So a meek person says, I'm not getting what I deserve. If I got what I deserved, I'd be in hell. If I got what I deserved, I'd be under the judgment of God. Because they've recognized the depth of sin within their own heart. A meek individual has this attitude towards themselves where they're not trying to defend themselves. They're not consumed with themselves. They're not wrapped up in themselves. They know themselves to be sinners. And they know that they stand on one basis and one basis alone. It's God's wonderful grace. And their confidence is not in themselves, but their confidence is rather in God. So to be meek. It shapes your attitude towards yourself. If you're always concerned about your rights, if you're always trying to assert yourself, if you're always trying to justify yourself, if you're always concerned what light you're in, then you need to say, Lord, help me grow in this beatitude. Help me to be meek. Meekness expresses itself in our attitude towards others, towards ourselves, towards others. In Ephesians 4, 2, it reads, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another. A meek person doesn't throw their weight around. They don't feel like, I've just walked into the room. Do you know who I am? A meek person is gentle with others and doesn't have the spirit of retaliation. An example of this would be found in the book of Numbers, the 12th chapter. In the book of Numbers, chapter 12, Moses, God says of Moses this, that he was humble. He was meek more than any other man on the face of the earth. The context of this was Miriam and Aaron began the murmur and complaint against Moses. They said, listen, God has spoken to us. What makes Moses think that he's the only spokesman for God? And they were upset about his marriage relationship with a Cushite woman. And they began the murmur and complaint, and God became angry. The Bible story goes to say that God says this. He, God comes down and he begins to speak to Aaron and Miriam. And he said this, 
When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them and he left them. And when he left them, Miriam was filled with leprosy. God judged her. You know what Moses did? He went and he began to pray. He said, God, forgive, notice this, us. He said, heal Miriam, forgive us. A meek person isn't out to call down the wrath of God on their neighbor who somehow allowed something to happen. The dog into their yard or something. A meek person isn't trying to all of us and oh, that person crossed me or that person did this. Boy, I'm going to call down the judgment of God on them. Meekness. You don't even retaliate. And when people have done you wrong, you don't keep a record. When people have offended you, you're not a, an accountant marking down all the times that people have wronged you. Meek people don't have the spirit of retaliation in them. They leave their lives in God's hands. They say, God will avenge. God will take care of me. God will right all of the wrongs. Meek people are teachable in spirit because they realize how far they have to go. They realize how much further they need to go. And so a meek person has like this teachable spirit you know, just in regular knowledge, the more you learn, the more you realize you need to learn. I remember Brother Greco, my home church pastor, when he got his doctorate, he said, I've learned one thing I know so little. <laughs> I need to learn so much more. And that's true with meekness. We should be constantly growing, revising, constantly expanding our knowledge. The problem with many of us is our egos are so wrapped up in our opinions that if our views would ever change, it would devastate our self-esteem. A meek person is not like that. They walk humbly with God and humbly with others. They have a teachable spirit about them. And the last and the final point Meekness in relationship to the world. And I've chosen especially to focus on this point. The last and final point, meekness in relationship to the world. Notice the Bible says, blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Now you might say, now wait a minute, pastor. The meek inheriting the earth? No, no, no. It's those who can climb to the top of the ladder on the wreckage of other people's lives. It's the most aggressive it's a person who puts themselves forward. It's a person who has a takeover attitude, who doesn't care who he hurts or whom she hurts. Well, Jesus, that's not what he said. In fact, in the Greek, it's emphatic. They, they only are the ones that inherit the earth. What Jesus was doing was he was quoting Psalm 37. He was quoting Psalm 37, verse 11. This has reference to both this present world and the world to come. 
today and tomorrow. In this present world, Psalm 37, 11, it reads, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. God says in the Old Testament, the meek shall inherit the earth. This psalm was a psalm filled with encouragement to trust God in the midst of adversities, in the midst of all of the tragedies that might happen in our life. We trust God. They'll inherit the earth. They'll delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Leo Tolstoy tells a story of a rich peasant who was greedy. And someone offered him all the land that he would want for a thousand rubles. The story goes in the story, and, and Tolstoy it really expresses a deep understanding of human nature. This peasant was greedy for more and more land. And so he took up the offer, thousand rubles, all the land I want, all I have to do is walk around that property what I want, and I have to reach there by sunset, the very place I start. So he began the day, and he was walking and walking, as Lisa, uh, Tolstoy tells the story, and he went further and further out, oh, I could get a little more, a little more, and finally he realized it's pretty late, I got to start back. And he began to go back, and he began to realize that unless he began to run, and unless he began the race, he'd never reach the place of starting, and he would lose a thousand rubles, and he wouldn't get any land. So he began to run and run with all of his might, and he just crossed the starting point just as the sun was ready to set. But he was exhausted, and he died. And Tolstoy said, all we need is six feet from head to toe. There are those who are constantly trying to get more and more and more of this world. But do you know, this is my Father's world. It all belongs to Him. The earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof. In Corinthians it says this, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Two men looked out from prison bars. One saw the mud, the other saw stars. God gives us the capacity to enjoy in this present world what we have. One man can enjoy a dish of rice when he's meek and loves God more than the person who is feasting out on a filet mignon but has not acknowledged Christ. What Jesus was saying is that God gives people the ability, our relationship with him gives us the ability to enjoy this present life, this present world. God divinely provides for us his divine provision. In Psalm 22, verse 26, the meek shall eat and be satisfied. God satisfies us. Divine protection. Psalm 76, 9. When God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth, let God be your defense. Let God be your representative. You see, God will defend the meek. Divine favor. In Psalm 147, verse 6. The Lord lifteth up 
the meek. Meek people get more out of others. They get more out of themselves. They get more out of the world. Who would you choose as your friend? Proud, arrogant person who just wants to press everybody down? Who's more concerned about himself and his own ego? Or would you choose someone who's kind, who's considerate, who cares about others, who's interested in the welfare of those around him? You would choose that humble person as your friend. The person who is aggressive like that, you know the type of friends that they're going to gather around them? Friends that want to use them as well as being used by them. A meek person gets more out of people. If someone comes over and corrects you, if they're proud and arrogant, do you want to be corrected by them? Let a meek man come beside you and correct you. Let him put his arm around you and say, listen, you know, you've made a mistake here. I've done the same thing at times. and You'd receive correction from them far easier. Meek people get more out of others, get more out of this world, get more out of life than any others. That's why Jesus said, the meek will inherit the earth. We live in deeds, not years. In thoughts, not breaths. In feelings, not in figures on a dial. We should count time by heartthrobs when they beat. For God, for man, for duty. He most lives who thinks most, feels the noblest, and acts the best. The meek do inherit the earth. It has reference also to the future. Not only to the present life, but to a life to come. The world to come. In 2 Peter 3.13 it reads this. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. He has promised a world where everyone is right with God. Again and again. We are promised in scripture a new heaven and a new earth. Adam through his fall lost our title deed to the earth. But Jesus through his victory won it back. And it's having the blood of the Lamb of God flowing through your veins that makes you a joint heir with Christ and ownership of this world. One billion years from now, one billion years from now, you'll be enjoying all of God's creation. I'm grateful that the meek inherit the earth. Nietzsche read the verse in the Sermon on the Mount, and repudiated Jesus. Nietzsche said, blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. He said, no. He said, it should read this. Assert yourself. It's the arrogant who take over the earth. Hitler followed his advice. Napoleon believed in the man with the best cannons. He'll have the earth. They met God in the form of a Russian winter. Their armies plowed under. It's the meek that inherit the earth. Jesus dying on the cross has conquered the hearts of more men than any nation, than any kingdom, than any government. The meek do inherit the earth. Just look at the animal world. If it were the aggressive, the most powerful, then tigers and eagles 
And lions wouldn't be an endangered species. Sheep are plentiful. They are still bad. And they can't defend themselves. It's illustrated in the animal world. It's illustrated throughout history. I like the words of Philip Brooks who said, Here is a man who was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in an obscure village. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant teacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never owned a home. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He never did one thing that usually accompanies greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He had nothing to do with this world except the power of his divine manhood. While still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed upon a cross between two thieves. His executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had on earth while he was dying, his coat. When he was dead, he was taken down and laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen wide centuries have come and gone. Today he is the centerpiece of the human race and the leader of a column of progress. All the armies that ever marched and all the navies that ever were built and all the parliaments that ever sat and all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man upon earth as powerfully as this one solitary life. Jesus from the cross in meekness died for our sins, submitting himself to God, not railing back when they railed against him, when they falsely accused him. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he committed his cause to God the Father, and he reigns forever and ever. And someday he will come back as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he will reign forever and ever. And all of them who have enlisted in his army as men and women who will walk in the meekness of the Savior will inherit the earth as joint heirs with him. I sum up the message in a quotation from Paul the Apostle. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Will you go into your prayer closet and say, Lord, I want to be a meek person. I want to be like the master. Meekness is not being a welcome mat. It's not being, you know, insipid. It's not being just somebody that, you know, just has no personality. It's strength under control. When you can retaliate, you don't. When you can strike back at somebody and say you were wrong and just grind them into the ground, you don't. Because you've seen what God has done for you, and you know your own heart, and you've mourned over your sins, and that has done something so deep inside of you 
that you walk with meekness among men. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from the Gospel of Matthew and Pastor Ed's in-depth study of the Beatitudes. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select Today's Date from the Voice of Faith media player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. We'd also like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Beatitudes right here on Voice of Faith.